welcome to the Unstuck Your Life podcast. I'm your host and life coach, Pamela Hughes. Every week, we're going to start to wiggle loose in area of your life that has got you stuck. All right. Hello. Hello. And thanks again, you know, for joining me this week here on the podcast. I appreciate you guys. Appreciate you being here. All the messages and comments I get from you truly appreciate them. And if you haven't subscribed yet to the podcast, then go right ahead and do that. You'll get these little nuggets that help you wiggle loose every week. And frankly, we can all use to just wiggle it just a little bit instead of running away from the life that we've created. Because so many of us do that. We run away from our past more likely than anything else. It's our past that hold us back. Maybe it's from your childhood, maybe it's a relationship, a decision that you made that you wish you didn't. Whatever it is, we all have a past. But we also have a future, all of us. So that's what we're talking about today. We're talking about our past and our future. And while we can't change the past, we have so much control over the future we want to create. So that's what we're talking about. And to help me dive into this oh-so-very-important topic, I've invited a guest on, a guest that I have a long past with and someone who's helping me create the future that I want. He's a best-selling author who's been featured in Forbes and Entrepreneur Magazine. He's a speaker, business coach, founder, CEO of three successful businesses, but most importantly to me, one of my best friends. So Ken Moskowitz, I call him Spanky. I don't know what you want people to call you, but welcome to the Unstuck Your Life podcast, Spanky. Pamela, you know me. I'll, I'll go with anything. As long as, as long as you just go, hey, you, I respond. People laugh sometimes. I'm like, oh yeah, one of my best friends, his name is Spanky. And they're like, Spanky, huh? Yeah. And they're like, what? Exactly. Not, no. <laughs> we go back. We go back a long time. I'm super pumped that you're here today to talk about past and future because you and I have a lot of, of the past together. We've known each other for some 20 years. Can you believe that? Feels like yesterday, but like it really, it's been two decades and that is such a long time to know someone and to be a friend with someone. So over that time period, you get to know a lot about that person, which is super cool. And we've become yeah. the closest of friends. And, and you know what? You right now are helping coach me on my business. I have helped coach you in some life experiences. And we're going to go over all of that today. And the past and the future, just to give people a little bit of a background on us, we've both started working together those 20 years ago in the radio industry. You in like the creative space, me in the, the news space. And you got out a long time before I did, eventually helped pull me out kicking and screaming. But it took us both a while to realize that we don't have to build a future based upon our past. We both kind of went through this identity crisis when we left what we knew and we're trying to create yeah. a new future for ourselves. So talk a little bit about what that experience was like for you. Well, you know, I think for me, the biggest thing was my job was my identity, right? What I did was who I was. And so I, I really struggled when I left the industry. I kept... I kept having this magnetic pull back into it because I felt a little bit lost and my identity was so tied to it. If you ask Allison, my wife, she'll tell you that, that the first two or three years out of the industry were terrible because I was 
a constant news junkie. I was a constant critic. I was like, why did they do it this way? I would have done it this way. And finally, over time, I was able to let go. But, you know, I think sometimes your past, it doesn't support you moving forward. It kind of holds you back. It's like a weight, like an anchor. And we have good things from our past and we have bad things from our past. But, but the things that hold us down seem to have such a firm grip on us that we can't overcome them or it takes a lot of effort to overcome them. And it, so it took me a lot of time and I really wasn't, I wasn't really focused on, on working through my challenges and my issues. I just would, well, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this. And then once in a while, I'd get that pull back to the business. Like I felt like I couldn't get away. And, and there was a pivotal moment where I almost made the dreaded mistake of going back to the industry because I was so fearful of life without the industry and how would I sustain myself and how would I support my family? And I had all these conversations. Like if you could hear the noise, the chatter that was going on in my head about my inability to provide for my family because I thought that my success came from that business, I almost stopped and I, I wouldn't be here today having this conversation with you. How would you describe getting over that fear or, or not necessarily even getting over it because that's as if like we can get over our fears. I think the way you yeah. described it was a little bit more apropos as far as like, you know, if you could hear the noise and the chatter in your brain, that noise and that chatter is probably still there. It's just not screaming at you at the level it once did. No, occasionally it rears its ugly head and yells and I can hear it. And, but most of the time I have it under control. I have it in a straitjacket. But part of it is, to be honest, a chip that I have on my shoulder. I feel like I always have to prove myself to others. Why do you think you feel that way? The reality is, is that I had this, I can do anything I set my mind to attitude because I made a choice at the end of high school when I came back from an exchange program and I was credit deficient and they told me I'd have to repeat 12th grade. And I told them no way in hell. And I walked out of my high school without ever graduating. And because of that, I've had this chip on my shoulder of having to prove myself to everyone, not just my parents, but every individual that I cross paths with that, that waves their college degree in front of me, their master's degree in front of me. I'm like, oh yeah, well, let me show you what I can do because I don't need that piece of paper to justify who I am. And so it was a real contentious thing. And of course, I, this is part of the noise that was in my head, right? And in it, again, it's still there. It's just a lot quieter. It whispers for the most, most part. But yeah, I, I had a really long struggle with that. And for many years, just felt like the only way I could overcome the perceived handicap was to outperform. So by outperforming, you then felt as though you were what? Showing everybody. I had to prove to them, to show them how successful I could be. And I didn't need the degree to prove it. And a lot of people tie their self-worth to a piece of paper. And I didn't tie my self-worth to the paper. I tied my self-worth to the dollars that I could generate and money I could bring in for my family. And so for many years, I chased dollar amounts. And Pamela, it was terrible. Like I, I realize now at, at 54, I realize things now that I didn't know 25, 30 years ago. You know, like I remember, like and I've shared this with, well, okay. So for example, 
when when I was when I was in the industry in the radio industry, I remember like when I when I finally got to like sixty thousand a year, and I was like, "Ooh, this is awesome! I can't wait till I get to a hundred thousand." And then I got to a hundred thousand, and then bonus structures came in, and then I got to a hundred and fifty thousand, and then when I started my my business and and left the industry, and I was aiming for 200,000 and then 250 and like there was a there were dollar amounts attached to my success and i realized wait a second i'm always chasing more like it's never enough and and i quickly realized that that was my brain's wiring was busted and it's not about that and so over the last decade yes in from from like mid 40s to now it took me to realize that it's not about money. It's about happiness. But when you talk about making 60 and then 100 and then 150 and it'll be better when, it'll be better when. I call that better when thinking. And I feel like so many people fall into that trap. I myself included. It'll be better when I get the degree. Yes, I do have the college degree and hopefully I've never waved it in front of your face. But it'll be better when I get the degree. It'll be better when I get the job. It'll be better when I get married. It'll be better when you have children. It'll be better when the children walk. It'll be better when the children get out of the house. It'll be better when I'm retired. It'll be better when, better when, better when. It's not better there. It's still 50-50. And if you've listened to the podcast for any period of time, you've heard me talk about life is 50-50. It's 50% positive and it's 50% negative. No matter where you are. And so right now it's 50% positive and 50% negative. Right. And no matter what it is that you're working towards, and it's always good to have that goal, that, that destination that you are looking to achieve and to go, but recognize that when you get there, when you get the 60, when you get the 150, when you get married and you, the kids start walking, whatever it is, wherever you get there, it's still going to be 50-50. Exactly. You know, and, and I, I realize that I've now given up on what I call destination happiness and I focus on destination here. Well, you and I talked about that identity crisis when yeah. we both left our former careers or industries and started to try to create the future that we each individually wanted for ourselves. And with that, I mean, the past can hold you back. It can hold you back in a variety of different ways. If you're looking at that as to what you're capable of creating in the future, that's just one metric. And you're confident in that because you've already done it you don't have the confidence in what you're creating in the future because you haven't done it. If you've already done it, you would have the confidence to know that you could do it. So what kind of advice would you give to someone who is kind of stuck in that space? Because I know you coach entrepreneurs and someone who's stuck in that space of going through that identity crisis and identifying with their past, how would you help them build the future that they want? I'll tell you how I overcame it and because this really worked for me and the way I overcame it was I started surrounding myself with people that were where I wanted to be as a business owner, people that I aspired to be, that had accomplished and achieved the things that I had yet to accomplish and achieve. And the more I spent time with these people, the more I got to intimately know them, the more I got to spend time having a drink with them and talking about business ventures and ideas, the more I got to understand their thinking and the way their brains worked, the more my brain started to work that way. And you, you've heard the expression, you, you are uh, the sum total of the five people you spend the most time with. Well, 
I started spending time with people that were millionaires and billionaires. And I started spending time with people that had achieved and accomplished. And I started spending time learning from people who, who were way further ahead in their journeys like I, than, than I was, like Gary Vaynerchuk, like Tony Robbins. Things like that were super valuable in, in changing the, the level of noise in my head and a lot of the self-doubt, a lot of the, the negative things that I kept telling myself. And when I say that, you know, sometimes it can sound like you're psychotic. Oh, you know, that voice in my head that's telling me this. But we all have that. We all have that negative voice that's telling us, oh, you can't do this. Or you're never going to lose weight. You're always going to be the fat kid. Or you're never going to make a million dollars in business. You're never going to make $5 million in business. Like every time you think you can do something, there's that that negative voice. And Getting those voices to quiet down took time, but it also took surrounding myself with people who didn't allow that negativity to drive them and st- or stop them from being driven. And so I think it's really important, especially if you're just starting out, to elevate the people you're around. So elevating the people that you're around, surrounding yourself with people who are where you want to be is one of the ways that you went about quieting that chatter in your head. And you're absolutely right. We all have that chatter in our head. And for me, the goal isn't to get rid of it because you never can. It's just to turn down the volume of it so it's not screaming at you. So when it's there, you can at least still move through it. But what else did you do? What else did you do to start embracing and finding the strength and the courage to go after and create the future that you wanted? I just did. I just did things. Like literally, I would start doing. And I developed this momentum from doing things. And that's the interesting thing. When you start doing things, even if you've got this doubt when you start doing things and moving in the direction that you want to go, something miraculous happens. You pick up this momentum. It's like a snowball going down the hill and it just gets faster and faster and bigger and bigger. And so I started to just do things, even though in the back of my head, there was this noise. I just said, shut up. I'm going to do it anyway. And I started to do. And as I did, the voice started to get quieter because I was achieving things. I was growing and my business started to grow. And then out of that business, another business grew. And so the momentum is really, is, was for me incredibly valuable because that momentum silenced a lot of the doubt. And that momentum, if I'm hearing you correctly, came from just doing, just taking that next step. I love that Nike slogan, just do it. There's a lot of truth to that, Pamela. Just do it despite all of the the people that tell you your dream won't work or your idea is dumb or this is never going to work or it's going to fail miserably, just do it. Because I would hate to wake up 20 years from now in a, a sweat of regret for not having tried something, for not having done something, for just living a life that really wasn't adventurous and full of excitement. For me, it's pushing the envelope and always trying new things. When you talk about like Nike and the tagline, just do it, that can really propel you to take action. But I I think it's also important for people to realize a lot of times you're just not going to want to do it. Do it anyway. That's the big thing is 
when I don't feel like doing it, listening to your brain, giving you all the reasons why you shouldn't do it and listening to that. When you talked about telling your brain to shut up, super important because the brain is trying to protect you. It's trying to keep you safe. I mean, our our brain's sole function is to keep us alive. And so anything it sees as a threat, as a risk, as danger, it is going to try to protect you from. So all of these things you've never done before, your brain is going, auga, auga, pump the brakes here. There are all these reasons why you shouldn't do it. Telling your brain to shut up and just doing it anyway, even when you don't feel like doing it, is what can create that momentum that'll take you where you want to go. Has that been your experience? A hundred percent. I'll give you a really good example of this because this is a, a truth for me. And I know this truth happens to be a truth for many people. When I first started one of the businesses I have today, I spent a lot of time having to be on camera, whether it's a smartphone or a computer camera. I was doing a lot of video content and it was super uncomfortable being on camera. A couple of reasons. Number one, I battled, have battled my weight my entire life. So I never felt confident on a camera. I always look, I would look at myself later and go, God, you're so fat. Like, why are you shouldn't be on camera? You don't have the face for a camera. Look, you don't have any hair. You're like balding and you're like, you're a fat, bald guy. Like, why are you doing this? Nobody's going to watch your stuff. Those are the conversations that were going on in the back of my head. But I I had enough at-bats and every time I had an at-bat, I might have, you know, swung and missed a few times, but then I would hit one and then I would get another video done and, and I would have another hit. And another hit. And soon I was batting 500 when I was in front of the camera. And even though I didn't like the way I looked on camera, and I started to address that later on, I kept going and I kept, I kept stepping up to the plate and swinging. And what happened was I found a confidence. And then so when I started working out, I was now feeling even more confident. And when I started to drop weight, I felt even more confident. So there was this, again, goes back to that momentum. It was a whole stack of things, but that momentum built because I just did it in spite of all of the noise in my head about why I shouldn't be on camera. And in spite of all the noise about my being fat and bald, I did it anyway. That helped propel my business to where it is today. Yeah. In that momentum and propelling your business forward, it's taking that next step. But what I'm also hearing you say is take that next step without the expectation of perfection. No, I failed so many times. Like I would stumble and I remember in the beginning, Pamela, I would watch the, a video that I had just done and I may have fumbled a word and I, I've done it during this podcast. Like literally I've said things and I started and stopped and I'm like, oh, that's the wrong word. And, and in, in a split second, I'll have this conversation. Oh, people are gonna judge me because of that. Ah, the hell with it, keep going. And literally that's how fast the conversation is now. Whereas it used to be a conversation that would paralyze me for the, the rest of the day. I would in the past have gotten off of a, of a podcast like this and analyzed my entire, the entire conversation, I would listen back to it and go, oh, why'd you say that? Why did you say it this way? You, oh, that was the worst thing. No, of course they're going to know you didn't graduate high school because you used that word instead of that word, right? I don't do that anymore. I just don't care. When did that shift take place for you? Like, what would you credit with that shift? Because that negative self-talk and that 
obsessing about the past and what we said or what we did in bringing that into our current space is something so many people do. So how did you change that? Well, Pamela, let me start with, it didn't change in all areas of my life the same at the same time. It changed slowly. First, it was in business. And in business, it was, I think, largely because of Tony Robbins. Going to Business Mastery, which is a, an event that he holds for business owners, CEOs, entrepreneurs, and it's a very intimate gathering of about 2,000 business owners. When I say intimate gathering, Tony, if you know his events, like uh, uh, Unleash the Power Within has like 45,000 people attending. So 2,000 is a very intimate Tony Robbins event. In that moment, I saw so much vulnerability from other business owners, from other founders, from Ellen Latham, from, from Orange Theory Fitness, who sat right next to me, other business owners like Sarah, who told the story of how her employees were taking advantage of her and and how she wasn't a really good business owner. And, and he helped her work through a lot of her thought processes about being a business owner. And it was there that I started to pay attention and listen to this and go, wait a second, I'm not the only one who has this problem. Oh, okay. I feel better about myself. So like instantly I felt uh, a, a camaraderie, a kinship with all these other business owners, but I realized that we are all the same. Like we all have this internal struggle, every single one of us has this voice in our head. It's just a different volume on that voice. And so from that moment, hearing these other business owners and their struggles and seeing what they're going through and, and really empathizing with them helped me navigate my own thought processes about stuff because I realized it's just a thought. And But it's interesting. While I learned to do that regarding my business, I still had this other challenge of I couldn't do that when it came to my health and my fit, my fitness and my weight. And so it's it's interesting how you could be divided, right? You can conquer one thing, but the other thing, uh, it's still an albatross. And it's interesting how that happens too. We get really good at working on one aspect of our lives. And then this other aspect, a lot of times still suffers, but at least you had that awareness and you started working on that and it sounds as though that vulnerability that you heard from those other business owners at Tony Robbins is what allowed you to become vulnerable and say, yeah, I'm really kicking ass at this part of my life, but not really doing much over here. And then start applying some of those same principles, which allowed you to lose a lot of that weight and allowed you to start stepping into that future that you wanted to create for yourself, which... I wonder how much time do you spend thinking about planning and creating that future that you might not know how you're going to get there, but you know, this is where you want to go. I spend a little bit of time every day thinking about what I'm going to eat, how I'm going to function, where I'm going to do what and why there's a lot of intent and purpose because I have a new conversation with myself now when it comes to food. And that is, uh, I don't think, oh gosh, I'm going to go to Chick-fil-A today and I'm going to eat, you know, everything in the, no, I have a conversation now before I eat and it's what does a healthy person choose? What does a healthy person eat? What are the things that support me, my health, my fitness, my vitality? And so those conversations occur. So I could have easily today, I had a lunch meeting and the choice was ramen. And I was fine with choosing ramen. It's not something I eat on a daily basis. 
That said, it was intentional. It was thought through. And I didn't sit there and just chug an entire bowl of ramen. I ate the good stuff. And, you know, and so my, my brain works a little bit differently. It processes differently. And one of the other things for me is, is changing my beliefs about what I'm capable of when it comes to dieting, when it comes to eating healthy. If you had told me that I would be intermittent fasting on a regular basis, I would have left you out of the room. You practically did when I suggested it. I know I did. I did. And, but what happens is, is that you start to have these conversations with yourself about your ability. And then just like in the business space, I started to say, shut up to those, to those voices. And I started to try things. And, and so one morning I pushed breakfast back from seven o'clock to nine. And then I pushed nine o'clock back to 10 and then 11 and then one and then four o'clock in the afternoon. And suddenly I'm going, wait a second, I can fast 20 hours, 24 hours. Are you kidding me? You build up. It's, it's like going to the gym, you get stronger. And so I do intermittent fasting and it's a very comfortable thing. I remember my family pushed back hard when I started doing it. Oh, you're starving yourself. I'm sorry. Do I look like I'm starving? No, I'm not starving myself. What I'm doing is, is I'm getting control over this really loud voice in my head when it comes to food and eating and exercise. Whether you realize it or not, there, there were a couple of different techniques that you would use in just that story that you just shared with my audience, which I find kind of fascinating. One is the small steps. I think all too often we feel like instead of just like cracking the door open and just pushing it a little bit by a little bit, that that's not acceptable. We need to like throw the door open, kick it open and go running through with our hair on fire. And for so many people, that feels overwhelming. That feels too big because a lot of times it is. It is perfectly okay to crack the door open and then just push it a little bit. Take those small steps. Like you said, pushing back eating an hour and then two hours and then three hours. And it wasn't in three days. That was like in, you know, two weeks or so that you're taking those small steps. So it's the value. It's seeing the value of small steps. It's also deciding who you want to be. You had mentioned at the ramen place, what would a healthy person eat? It's fascinating because you've just decided like who you want to be. I want to be a healthy person. Okay, well, I'm going to start living like a healthy person now so I can be a healthy person later. All too often, we're like, no, we'll be healthy when we get to the certain weight. But in order to get to that weight, you have to start adopting and living those ways of life now you have to decide who you want to be and then start living that way right now. That's how you create the future that you want for yourself. And I think it's important to talk about spending the time doing the work to determine what that is. There's a powerful exercise I do with my clients. I don't know if I did it with you or not, but it is having them write down the top five outcomes they want in their life. And these are the things that you want to happen before your time's up. And it's super crazy to see just how many people never think about this. So writing down the top five outcomes that you want, and then just go to yesterday and look at how much time did you actually spend on those five outcomes that you truly want in your life. A lot of times people will talk about, wanting to have an amazing relationship with their spouse. 
Okay. One of the top outcomes I want is to have a fulfilling, amazing relationship with my spouse or my partner or whomever that may be. Well, how much time did you actually spend on that yesterday? Right. You know, a lot of it is the trivial making dinner, unloading the dishwasher, bringing the groceries in, like all that kind y- of you stuff. You mean We're, living like a roommate, right? Living like a roommate, sure. <laughs> I mean, that happens so often in partnerships and in marriages, right? You're just sure. doing all the things. But you talk about going out on date nights. Like if, if you really appreciated and had that amazing relationship, what would you be doing? We'd be doing date nights. We'd be carving out that time for one another. Why aren't you doing that? Right. And then you start to uncover the excuses, right? Well, you know, we don't have enough time. Well, how much time did you spend on social media last night or watching Netflix? Well, we don't have the money. Yeah, well, you have money for Starbucks. Like, you know, you, you have money for your car. Yeah, did your car make your top five outcomes? Do you see how like it's that priority? So looking for what you want in your future, building your future is critical, And it's critical in life and it's critical in business. And I'm wondering how being future focused instead of past focused has helped you create this life and this business that you now currently have. Well, I think the biggest thing for me is that I don't feel stuck in the story of where I was. Because Explain that to me. What do you mean by that? So I was always stuck in the story of where I was, right? I, I didn't finish high school, so therefore I had to prove my my worth to the world. I was overweight, so I had to overcompensate for my handicap of being fat. Like I literally had all of these things going on in my head. And so when you're future focused, when you're focusing on what's in front of you rather than what's in the rearview mirror, you can really set your destination. It's very hard to set a destination if you're looking backward because you might run into a brick wall. And so looking forward is a very different thing. So I seldom look behind me now. Mistakes, things that I've done in the past, those are behind me. I can't change those. There's nothing I can do. Like I can't fly around the earth backwards, make it spin, turn back time like Superman did, correct something and then, oh, it'll all be better. No. So spending time there is really kind of pointless. And so I don't spend a lot of time in the past anymore. And I spend most of my time looking forward. That allows me to navigate where I want to go, where I want to be, where I am. What advice would you give for someone who maybe doesn't know exactly where they want to go or what they want to do? They just know that what they're doing right now isn't it. Find new friends literally find new friends. I think the biggest, the biggest weight, and and it's not that your current friends are bad, but many of them don't understand where you are or where you're going or want to be. And sometimes you just have to surround yourself with new people. And I found that to be so helpful. And it's funny, if you take inventory of your friends, you might notice that you have some friends that are the ones that when you feel down, they're there for you, but they're not actually lifting you up. They're just helping you stay down in that, in that muck. And so start finding new people to hang around. Start reaching out to people that you aspire to be like. And that was a critical one for me. I was so terrified to reach out to people to say, hey, I'm starting this thing. I would love your input, love your guidance. And here I am, a very outgoing type A personality, but 
I was so afraid to ask people for help and guidance and I would love to, to pick your brain, but I started doing it. And the more I did it, the more comfortable I became with doing it and I would do it more. And that's when my circle started to change. That's when the people I surrounded myself with really started to change and elevated the people I was with. And that, that made such a difference. And the people that you have a history with, the people that you have a past with, that maybe you have outgrown, that's okay. It's one of those things I find a lot of times people get really hung up on history. Well, we have history together. Great. You can honor that history. You can love that history. You can still continue to love that individual and everything that they brought to your life and move on. There's nothing wrong with that. And I feel like so often people get caught up in the like trying to bring everyone with them. You can't. And frankly, you don't want to. And, and, you know, I think that a lot of people have a hard time letting go of those past relationships because they feel like they have failed that relationship in some way or they themselves have failed to keep it going when it probably should have kind of been moved on and passed a long time ago. But failure is one of those things that people have a lot of fear of. What role has failure played in creating the future that you want for yourself? Failure is amazing because failure makes shows me the things not to do again so that I don't repeat the same mistakes. And so failure to me teaches me valuable lessons. I don't look at failure and go, oh my God, I failed. I look at failure and go, okay, learn from that. <laughs> not doing that again. And I just look at failures very differently than I did five years ago, 10 years ago. Failures to me are little stepping stones of education. Every mistake, every failure you make along the way just gets filed in the education bank. And so you know not to do those things again or to change the way you handled that situation. And boy, next time I see this, I'm going to do that because I know that this didn't work. Uh, I think failure is very valuable. And I think a lot of people are afraid to fail because they think failure means everyone's going to look at them, point fingers and go, you failed. And some people will, but those are not the people you want to surround yourself with. You want to surround yourself with people who lift you up when you fail and go, wow, that sucks. What's next? (laughs) And you move on to the next thing. Back to your original point with like surround yourself with people as to where you're going or surround yourself with people that lift you up. If that fear of what people are going to say or make fun of you, if they do in fact make fun of you or tear you down for it, well, then that's a, that actually is a gift. It's like, hey, they're showing you exactly who they are, and then you're going to get to decide whether or not that you want to keep them around. You get to make that choice. And it can be a hard choice for some people to make, but what I'm hearing you say is that it's very freeing, and it kind of opens you up to creating what it is that you want for yourself. So I'm wondering, one last question for you here before we wrap up. If someone was going to use your life to illustrate a point... Why would they use you as an example? Because I consistently fail forward. Every failure is a building block to the next success. And I don't let failure define me. I let failure propel me. Ken, if people want to work with you or learn more about you, where can they go to get that information? Well, if they want to follow me personally, um, social media, Spanky Moskowitz, you can help spell it. Or just follow my business, Ad Zombies, and all the socials are the same. 
and you'll see me. I'm everywhere. And once you've been following me, you, you'll never unfollow me because I follow you. It's kind of creepy. Ken Moskowitz, Swanky Moskowitz, again, entrepreneur, coach, speaker, author, and one of my best friends. Thank you for being there through so much of my past. And I am super pumped and excited for the future that you're helping me create. So thanks for being you, bud. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you. All right, guys. I'll see you next week. Hey there, podcast listeners. If you're feeling stuck and you want to start wiggling loose, head on over to my website, PamelaHughesCoaching.com and sign up for a free session to see if life coaching is for you. Again, that's PamelaHughesCoaching.com. Hope to chat with you soon.